Welcome to the In Awe Podcast, where we amplify women by sharing their unique stories and empowering a community through the mission in their message. I am your host, Sarah Johnson, a former school teacher and principal turned author and entrepreneur, living my own leap of faith on a mission to teach masses. Each week, we will feature stories from women who will leave us all in awe of their impact on our world. Welcome to our second episode in our series on passions on the In Awe Podcast. Today's guest is someone whose message I have related with from afar for years and one that inspires multitudes. When we consider all the applications in life and throughout history of what it means to shine a light, the power of Lavana Roth's mantra dazzles vibrantly. As an engaging and interactive keynote speaker, author, lead illuminator, and mom, Lavana bridges her passions for how the brain learns with identifying how every individual shines with their mindset and social-emotional well-being so that achievement soars. She has earned three degrees, is the author of eight books, and has worked with organizations in the U.S., Canada, Europe, South America, and the Middle East. She is the creator and founder of the Ignite Your Shine framework. Lavana will leave you inspired, helping you find your power through aha moments and ignite the fire within you to create the life you want. In this episode, Lavana shares not only about her passion project working with the Shine framework, but we also learn what fuels her passion for this work. Lavana believes in people and their ability to look deeper to uncover that shine, which stands for self, heart, inspire, navigate, exceptional. Through Lavana's story, we learn how we too can start out in one path and follow our passions to a whole life waiting to shine through. It brings me intense joy to share with you Lavana Roth's passion story. Welcome, Lavana, to the In Awe podcast. I am excessively thrilled to have you on the podcast and especially in this series on passion because when I think about you and your messaging and I know anybody who's ever engaged with you, they're going to understand why you're featured on this series. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Oh, thank you so much, Sarah. I'm so excited to be on your podcast. Thank you. Lavana, would you be able to share for the listeners just in case they don't know you a little bit about your current context? Yeah. So I live in Tampa, Florida when I'm there. Um, and I just, I'm an international speaker and consultant and educator. So I started doing all of this magicness and fun about a little over 10 years ago. And I then started with, well, brain power strategies and then ended up going into creator and founder of ignite your shine. And that is just such a passion for me of wanting to see, you know, how do I help teachers become a better teacher as far as from the perspective of the lens of neuroscience and how do you use that foundation in order to teach, but then also before that to build those relationships. And that's where ignite your shine comes in is it's a philosophy and a language of helping students to realize that they have such greatness about them and how how do you find what that is and narrow that down, use that so that when you eventually graduate and you choose a career and a life that you actually have an idea about what you want to do? And yes, it can change, but do you at least have a premise for that? And along the way, what I didn't plan on was how many adults needed this too. So it's just become this huge gift in my life. And I'm just so thrilled. And it's a major, major mission. Like anyone who knows me, yes, I um, live and breathe it. And it's a passion of mine that it's one of those that I, I, what I think I, the reason I'm actually here. Which is a really confidence boosting philosophy when you're able to get into the space with people that you don't know, um, strangers, most of them, I'm sure that you interact with on a regular basis, knowing that you have a mission in your life and in your message is got to be just very fortifying. 
No, it is. Like, I just, I, I never planned on this at all. Um, I'm still shocked to this day that this is what I do, but I absolutely love it. Like, I, like you said, when we talk about passion, I mean, just that fire that I feel inside and, and it's, I don't even know how to describe it. It's one of those that I'm so driven and what I thought that I was going to be doing is not exactly what I'm doing. And not only from the perspective of career wise, but even what I'm speaking about, you know, it's not, you know, people often say you're such a motivating speaker, you're a motivational speaker. And I am, I'm a motivational speaker, but at the same time with content, with a mission, with purpose. And there's, it's a framework of things. It's, you know, it's, it's not just there to motivate and excite and get you inspired to do the next step in your life, but to go a lot deeper than that, almost like self-help, like, I guess is a better, (laughs) might be another way to look at it. We have listeners that are not in education and we have listeners that are. And so Lavana, would you be willing to just kind of share a little bit more detail about maybe some of the content? Like when you go to speak at a conference, why does a conference organizer find Lavana. And oftentimes they are looking for some motivation and I do education. I do corporate, I do, um, financial institutions. I mean, I've, I'm, this is not just for education. It's where, what I meant as far as the original reason why I started it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one where if you're looking for someone who comes in and not only motivates and gives a framework around what does that look like and what are the different components of your life to feel that fulfillment and to feel happiness and to be doing what you actually enjoy to do. Because one of the biggest things I really like people to think about is you get one life. So why would you stay in something that you're not enjoying. So my role for me, and you know, again, depending upon what where I am, if it's like I said, a corporate piece or business entrepreneur, um, college and universities, education for pre-K through 12, I do all of that. It's a way to get everyone excited so that they actually are ready to achieve. Because if you look at no matter where you are, whether it's a student in the classroom, whether it's an employee on the job, if you aren't given that confidence and feeling good about yourself, that greatly impacts your work that you do. It sounds like a message that would have a lot of universal uh, applications. And so could you just share, Lavana? you said you've been doing this for 10 years and this has really evolved over time, it sounds like. For the listeners who aren't familiar with you, you started out in K-12 education? I did. I did. I never planned on that, but that's where I started. <laughs> yes. So I, I'm a elementary certified and I'm, um, I have a special education degree that's K-12. And I did a little bit of pre-K work, uh, not long, <laughs> not where my passion was. Um, I love, love, love little kids, but, but to do that day in, day out, hour after hour, oh, um, bless those people because I don't know how they do it. But um, yeah, I started, yeah, I started in education and I, and I was a teacher for 10 years, anywhere from elementary to secondary. And I absolutely loved it. I never really planned on leaving. And the next step was actually to become an assistant principal and I had got my certification for it and was ready to getting ready to interview. And I had a chance to step out and do some things outside of education. I thought, you know what, if I'm ever going to try anything different, now's the time before I go any further with this. And what I didn't imagine is that when I stepped out that I wasn't going to return to the classroom or the school building. And I, but I have the privilege of working with great students and teachers all the time. And it just, it feeds my soul so much. And then even going into other organizations, like it's the same thing. It's, it's 
getting people to realize that no matter what adversities or challenges they have faced in their life, that don't, don't have them define who you are, have them refine who you are. And that's actually one of my quotes, you know, moments don't define you, allow them to refine you. And to get everyone to have that perspective, you know, it's just, I'm still teaching, I guess is the best way to say it. I'm just teaching in a different way. Oh, and it sounds like on a much broader platform. And so that mission that you feel and that passion that you have must have been planted at some point, but also fostered. You know, maybe I always look at that when our life paths come to a different space. There was always something that came prior to it that gave us the skills or the um, drive or whatever that happens to be to get us into that next space. So it's really interesting to hear that you were looking to do leadership at a building level and then ended up kind of going way beyond that <laughs> in terms of leadership because you're an international speaker. Uh, the, the amount of people that have heard your message is just, it's awesome. Well, thank you. I'm, no, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled. And I, and like you were saying, I, I do, I think everything happens for a reason. And I think that's a big lesson for all of us. At least it was for me, but is that, you know, life is a journey and it's a story that you're creating. And you know, even my daughter, who's 19, she's just finished her first semester of college. My message to her is she, when she said, I don't know what I want to do. I'm like, you're not supposed to know. You're 19. You know, you're 18. That was when I was talking to her. And I'm like, but yeah, we have this whole perception that you're supposed to know what, you're do, what to do. And then once you make that decision, that's what you're going to do the rest of your life. And that's not our world today. And why should it be? It should be about what do you want to discover and do during that, this lifetime that you have? Because it's limited. You never know when and how long you're going to have. So knowing that, what, are the, what is the thing you want to do today and tomorrow? And you build that. And if that shifts, great. And if it doesn't shift, that's great too. So I think it's just, you know, taking a step back and realizing that life is that journey and whatever comes your way, there's a reason it comes your way and just to enjoy it. I love that quote. Don't let the moments define you, but let them refine you. And it's a perfect example of one of the impacts that you had on my life, Lavana. and I haven't been able to share this with you yet, is that I was a, you know, building principal for six years and I actually wanted to be a principal before I finished my teaching degree. This is something when you talk about being 19 and, you know, not not knowing what you're supposed to do or, you know, kind of ceaselessly seeking that path and working your butt off and getting there and then realizing either you're not supposed to be there or um, some people realize that it's not what they wanted after all or whatever that happens to be. But I was, I kind of entered into one of my most challenging times in leadership and I came to Twitter around the same time. And here is this vibrant light out there with the hashtag ignite your shine. And I kept seeing your stuff in this kind of really challenging space that I found myself in as a leader. And I just wanted you to know that those messages land here, even in tiny Wisconsin, and you may not know until years later, but it, it hits. And so I felt like it was important for you to hear that because your message really, really matters out there. Sarah, that I'm literally choking up with tears just because that means the world to me. This is why I do what I do, you know, and it's to have a chance to make an impact. And I will tell you that being a consultant nurse and speaker, that it's not a lonely world, but at the same time, it can be a lonely world um, because you don't always know, like at the work that you're doing and the belief and the mission that you have, are you being clear with it? Are you making an impact with other people? So the fact that you share that, that 
that means so, so much to me. So thank you. I'm glad it's helpful. I'm glad somebody's seeing it and reading it. <laughs> <laughs> well, based upon um, all of your experiences and knowing how busy you are, we know that many people are seeing that. And I'm so thankful that my uh, listeners get to hear it from you today. Could you share, Lavana, just a little bit? I know that you uh, have a wide ranging message and that you work with a broad scope of people, but is there something that you share that helps maybe the listeners to understand where your passion is fueled from? You know, you have the this beautiful vision of the fact that we only have what we have now. We don't know how many days make them count all of that beautiful messaging. But what is it that drives you to kind of share that passionate message? I grew up wanting to be a people pleaser and there's a variety of reasons as to why that happened. Um, and part of it was not knowing my biological father. And I lived a lot of my life people pleasing people pleasing because I was concerned that if I didn't please them, that they also might leave. And I want to make it very clear that I'm not blaming my biological father because I do believe that he made a decision back then when he was young that was may have been the best decision for me. And I, and, you know, I may know someday, I may not know someday, but what I do know is as a little girl, just kind of my reaction and how I felt and how I allowed that to drive my school my decisions in life. And I really struggled as a student and my self-confidence was low, like super low. I was shy. Um, people to this day can't believe that, which <laughs> it's funny that I, I'm not shy now. I, I mean, I still can be, but I'm more introverted than I am shy now. But um, when I think about just the circumstances of how I let a lot of what happened in my younger years, that I allowed that to shape who I am. And but I didn't at the time. And so it would be that low self-esteem and my grades started failing, um, going down after elementary. So it was about middle school and then junior high. Like if I pulled out my report card, you would actually see D's and F's on it. And when I got into college, somehow, I still don't know how that happened, but I did get into college and I had no idea what I wanted to do, but I started out in psychology, which is ironically a path I love. And the reason I say ironically is because my first semester I had a GPA of a 1.2 which I don't even know what I was doing to get a 1.2 at that point, but <laughs> you were enrolled. <laughs> yeah, I was doing something. I don't know what, but it was not studying apparently or not studying the right way. <laughs> so um, I was put on probation to be kicked out. And it wasn't until I got into the university catalog and I wanted to know if they offered sign language that I found education because in order to learn sign language, you had to go into um, teaching the hearing impaired. And I found my passion, my GPA. And that was, that was, I kind of shortened that a little bit. It was about two years that I actually decided to look up sign language. So I was kind of wandering and in and out of different degrees. And so if you take that whole experience of lack of self-confidence, um, people pleasing, doing poorly in school to finding a passion of something of excitement that when I became a teacher, I watched my students going through this and not knowing how to handle adversities and things that had happened to them, being, you know, getting a, a poor grade or many poor grades and letting that not only reflect self-confidence wise, but having the perspective specifically of not feeling that they are smart. And that's kind of the belief that I adopted myself was that I'm not smart and I'm definitely not good enough. And so then I become a parent and I watch my child, my daughter go through very similar challenges in school that I did. Um, everything, grades, you name it. And watching what happens with her and I, and I, more I talk to adults and the more that I've shared more of my story, especially when I speak, I share you know a lot more of my story. And I realize that 
I'm not the only one. And people realize they're not the only one. We may have different stories, but those feelings of emotions and that the fact that we are human, it's important to share that. And that's where this passion comes in is, is knowing that we're not the only ones and we try to act perfect and we try to people please and we try to hide things. Why? Because that's actually a beauty of life. And that's not a perspective I used to have before Sarah at all. It was not the perspective. I hid things. Um, some of my closest friends don't even know my personal story. And it's, it's not because I'm trying to continue to hide it from them. It's just, it's not something that people tend to talk about. And I'm having to learn to do that. And over the years of speaking, I have, and the number of stories I'm told and people who share with me their insights and their thoughts and their feelings. And the fact that it really is a choice on what you do with what you're handed. That was one of the most powerful lessons I've learned is that we have that choice and t- to take what has happened. but it fuels my passion that the more people I can help and get them to realize some of the ahas I've had and to change that life and to live a life of more fulfillment and happiness and believing in who you are and the greatness and the beauty of who you are, man, bring it on. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just glowing over here thinking about the impact that your message is having and how you share that this is authentic because it's coming right from your heart. And I really appreciate the idea that you've grown in this, in the work that you're doing. And I can say that I'm experiencing that as I collect people's stories here on this podcast and amplify them because really, especially in the field that you had started out in with education, we have the ability to listen and to observe and to know our students, yet we don't do that um, as much as we could. And so your impact on the education field has got to be immense when people are with you and kind of changing their lens into seeing the kids for who they are and their strengths. Because I think that's one of the things that you talk about maybe is like that signature strength piece is what I picked up from what you're talking about. So important. And yet I know that in my own experience too, I've thought about that. We don't become self-actualized, right? Until our brains are more fully developed in their mid-20s or whatever that happens to be. And yet here in the United States, we fully expect that kids have got it all figured out and can, you know, launch at 18, right? Yep. So I just love that your your message spreads and it spans. Thank you. Can I ask you a question? I haven't seen you speak, but I'm always curious when the bubbles come out. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, is um, no, they're really bubbles. Anyone who wants to know, it's actual bubbles. Um, but yeah, so when I talk about taking care of you and uh, talk about stress and what stress does to the brain, and because you know, because neuroscience is always my underlying why of like the um, the reasons uh, we do things. So yeah, we talk about taking care of yourself, and and so I approach it from taking moments of playing, going back into to being a kid. You know, we hear adults who get to play when they're a parent, and then we have some that say, oh, I can't wait to be a grandparent because I get to play again. Well, why do we ever stop that, you know? And we're all in careers and lifestyle now, for the most part, almost all of us, at least in the U.S., for sure, that we are go, 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 and we don't ever take a moment to just stop and breathe. And so when you blow bubbles, and I ask people to take their little bubbles and take them back and put them on their desk and blow them anytime it's needed, and just the act of blowing slows down your breathing for the bubbles, but it's also a very mindfulness thing. And then we can take it a step further where sometimes it it could be where if you are doing it to relax and stress, let every bubble take a worry away. And so you're watching the bubbles go and that's taking a worry away. It could also be the opposite of you want to celebrate and the bubbles are taking celebrations and going out into like a 
woohoo, yay, I am celebrating this. And these bubbles represent that. Um, but if for those that are in education, that to have students do this too is a wonderful way to calm them down and to get them to think about their stress going away and the worries going away so that now we can put the brain into a state of learning. And we do another activity with them too, but you'd have to know the image. It's a whole other thing that we do. So like that, that gives you a sneak peek. <laughs> oh, you totally just satiated my curiosity because that's been, that's been, I've been curious about that for quite a little while. And I love it because it's a really universal example. And I'm thinking about just picturing my daughters and I running around the yard and I'll blow the bubbles and they'll chase them. And <laughs> it's just, I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's a really cool thing. Hey, try blowing bubbles in the middle of the winter in Wisconsin. They'll freeze. It's pretty fun too. So oh, you know what, Sarah, I'm going to let you try that one. I'm just going to tell me about it. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll get a recording of it for you. So. Thank you. Perfect. That's as close as I need to be. <laughs> I grew up in Ohio, so I'm totally kidding. I, I do know the winters, but you have it a little bit a little bit harder. <laughs> well, and you get to choose not to stay in those conditions as we all can, right? That is correct. That is correct. <laughs> uh, so I'm not going to complain about mine because I'm choosing. Uh, so Lavana, I just have a couple more questions about this, this passion that you have. And I love the connection to neuroscience. And for those of us in education, we are really focused on this mindfulness practice and breathing is a really great strategy. And also for adults. So breathing bubbles, it's great. What about um, in terms of when you speak to like financial advisors, because I'm picturing that audience just being very different than educators. What are some of the differences that you see in terms of how people engage with your message? Is there any or is it kind of universal for people? Um, the message is very similar, you know, because the letters are the letters, the acronym are the, is the acronym, and that doesn't shift or change. But within professionally, the examples would change, but personally, it doesn't. And so even when I do my talks in education to then any audience, I tell them I'm talking to them professionally and personally. And so I tell them, you know, some of you are going to leave here professionally saying, oh my goodness, I needed that. Okay. This helped me with a colleague. This helped me with a situation with a customer or client. This helped me be a better professional period. Or it might be something some of you walk away with more personally and saying, you know, you have no idea how badly I needed that for my own personal relationships for myself to be a better parent. Um, and then the goal though, is for them to walk away with both, which I think most do. But I also think sometimes we can come into a situation thinking we already know something about it or we don't need it. Like we're, that's not anything I need. And so because of that, we can have a, a hat on that allows us to not actually be open and to listen and to hear what's actually being said. And so I like the professional personal approach because I want people to understand that it's not only just even about you and to begin to think this, but we have a responsibility to others. And actually, if I change the word responsibility, I would say we have an obligation to others. So even if you're not the one that needs the message, what about the person sitting beside you? They may, or the person that you interact with that you think doesn't, or a colleague, customer, again, student, any of those different roles. So for the most part, the framework is there and the message is there, but I shift the examples and will shift a little bit of the perspective. But it, what I found is that it all comes back to the same core components. And I, I love this idea that we can come to any moment 
in our, you know, we can come to you at a conference in a moment of confidence that we've got things figured out, but there's this kind of social responsibility that you point out that it might be somebody around you that needs that. And that's what I love about this podcast is knowing that I'm hearing you, I'm gaining from you, Lavana, but everybody else that's hearing your story also has something to gain. And so that's just a really beautiful kind of tapestry and a web that we weave in our lives. And so thank you for being just being a really loud voice in that and a, not even just a loud voice, but a shining and illuminated voice in that space. Well, thank you. And, and Sarah, it's, it's platforms like yours that I would not be able to do this either. So the, the number of lives that you're changing and shifting just by providing this opportunity for so many different people to come on. And then the fact that you give up your time. I, I just had this conversation with a friend last night and said, when someone like you was doing a podcast, I mean, Sarah, you're putting in so much of your time and dedication and your belief in what you are doing, when in turn, which in turn also allows us to share with others too. So it's a beautiful thing and you deserve to have those accolades and that recognition as well. So thank you. Well, hey, I am just, honestly, if I could do this all day long, just chatting with amazing people like you, I would do it in a heartbeat. That would be, if I could just do that, because talk about passion. This is, it's a surprising and um, interesting space that I found myself in. Because, you know, a year ago, I was high school principaling and kind of in the thick of, you know, intense budgeting and scheduling and all these different things that I loved as well, but never would have pictured myself sitting here speaking to somebody as incredible as you and talking about the work that you're having and just knowing that we're impacting one another is awesome. So thank you again, Lavana. My pleasure. And and you give me way too much credit, but thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I wanted to talk to you just a little bit about, um, because this is a, you know, it's amplifying women. And one of the things that I've observed as an educator, but also as somebody who's kind of moving into this speaking space myself is just something about the fact that there are not as many women Um, you know, kind of being called to the table. And so I'm thankful that you're out there. But is that an accurate observation as somebody who's been there for 10 years um, that I'm making? Um, Well, thank you. And I'm wishing you the best of luck is yes. Uh, No, speaking, it's it's so much fun. That's wonderful. But um, yeah, so I would say I I think we're starting to see some more women in there in the field um, and out speaking. But yeah, no, in the past 10 years, it's been, I often find myself the only female keynote speaker or the only female being on a panel. Yeah, no, I think it's starting to change and shift a little bit, but I think we still have a long way to go. And one of the things I love is people following their strengths and their passions. But one of the things I talk about, and it's just something to be aware of, I'll put it this way, and this is in general to anybody, and it could be any field. But I talk about with the S being self, we talk about strengths within that. And then the H is heart. We talk about passion. When you put those two things together, that's the powerful package. So whatever you choose to do in life, whether it is speaking, whether it's another career, totally different, that's fine too. But I want people to be aware that it can be your strength as in you may have um, the knowledge and the ability to do it. And it's something you work on and improve. But if you don't have the passion, be very careful because that's what we describe as burnout, you know, and we can flip that. We can have a passion for something like maybe you have a passion for your content and a passion for speaking, or you have a passion for being in the classroom and changing lives with students. And maybe you have a passion for um, being, you know, a corrections officer and watching people turn around and change their lives. You have a passion for that, but if it's not your strength, 
then you're missing a component. And so what we, we talk about is taking the two, if you want to have a fulfilled life and you want to have a life, and again, this can shift and change. There's no, you don't have strengths that are only your strengths forever. And you don't have passions that are, those are the only passions you have forever, but finding your path where you marry the two together is going to be the key. So whatever role people look at, and, the, and especially women, I'm at, I'm at, I just want to make sure I plug this with you, that men can, in, in society, can often have a case where they they don't question themselves, you know, or if they do question themselves, they still have a belief. Like I read not too long ago that a females can go for a job and look at the criteria of it and say, oh, I'd love to do this, but I only have six of the 10 criteria. And so they won't go for it. Where a male will look at it and go, hmm, I have two of the 10, I got this. And they'll go for it. Right. So it's, it's the, it's finding those strengths and knowing your strengths and your passions and women, we need to like give ourselves a little bit more credit than what I just described. Okay. A lot more credit than what I just described, but and I'm not saying go for just any job just cause you can, but again, I'm going to really, really ask for you to go for the S and the H, putting those two together. It is such an interesting point that you bring because I love the concept that you have to have the strength and the passion for it and that they they can't be you know exclusive of one another for that to go so well. And also, I think we read the same article. <laughs> I had read that same thing too. One of the things that I've been doing is I finished a women in leadership certificate from Cornell University. And what you're saying is exactly right. There is a, a phenomenon that women, it's it's socialized in us for whatever reason. And women tend to engage higher with that imposter syndrome, even though men can experience it. But the women will struggle more to believe that they're worthy or capable, where for whatever reason, um, men don't have that tendency as much. It's, it's a difference for sure. <laughs> yeah. And you know, the other thing I've looked at too, is just that those life factors, you know, because you've been doing this for 10 years and you said your daughter is 19 and we just have expectations about how a woman is going to handle her parenting role versus how a man is going to. And that um, intense schedule that you have for traveling probably had to put you in a spot of making a lot of decisions about where you were going to be at any given time and what priority mattered. Is that accurate? Oh, that is so accurate. <laughs> so accurate. I had a, I've had a lot of guilt for a long time over different times and stronger than others. And, you know, it, the one thing I will say is that I have maintained communication with my daughter. And I remember sitting with her, down with her probably about four summers ago now. And I said to her, you know, Maddie, I said, I want to know how is this travel affecting you? Because she was in high school at this point, you know, and those are to me are some critical years. And I was concerned, you know, with my travel and my travel goes up and down. Like I have some months where, you know, I kind of need to clone myself and the other months it's not nearly as crazy. And of course, you know, that's the thing is that when you do speak, you can control your own schedule. You can say no, if you want to know, say no. And you can say yes, if you want to say yes. But, um, there's also, you know, bills and things like that that have to be paid. So, you know, you only have so much control of that. But, um, I remember sitting with her and I said, and she's like, it's fine. Why? And I said, well, you know, sometimes people ask me, you know, how do you travel so much when you have a daughter? And she just, her mouth dropped and she then looked and she got angry and she's like, who are they? Mom. Oh my goodness. I said, no, 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 no. I said, they actually don't mean it in a negative way. And I said, I know that can come across a way. And, and I said, but they literally are genuinely curious. And she's like, oh, she's like, well, mom, she was, listen, She's like, you are, when you're home, you're home. And she said, you know, it's about quality of time, not quantity. And she said, so when you're home, we do things together. I know I have your attention and your time. And I started crying at that point because I was just like, oh my goodness. And I said to her, I said, if travel ever gets to be too much, will you promise to tell me? 
And she said, mom, I, I definitely would. She goes, but you're there for the big things. Like anytime I have you know, something big, like you put on your calendar and you were there for it. And she said, no. And I said, okay. And I said, cause Matt, I, I do have guilt. You know, I'm very open and honest with my daughter. And I, and I waited till after her response. And I said, I, I do have a lot of guilt about this because, you know, in traditional mom, the mom is supposed to be home. And the mom and the the husband may be the one out traveling instead. And this is a flipped role that you're in. And she was like, again, it's quality. It's not quantity. And I was just like hugged her. I love your daughter. What a cool relationship you formed with your daughter to have those conversations though. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful and thankful. It's, I think I always say that parenting is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, but it's also the most rewarding thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> so, you know. For sure. <laughs> Potty training for me um, so far. And I mean, I'm several years past it, but ugh, no, okay. thank you. I don't want to go back there. <laughs> so I'm right there with you. I'm, I'm done. I'm good. Okay, good. Good. Not alone. Okay. So I have a couple standard questions that we like to get to on the podcast, Lavana, and two of them that I really want to hear your responses to. And one of them is, if you had a chance to write a letter to yourself at any age or stage, what would you say and why? Yeah, so I, I like to think I'm getting a little wiser as I go, but I feel like I'm constantly learning lessons. Um, so I would definitely give myself one about being aware of stories that are created. And I get that from Brene Brown. She talks about how we create stories. And you know, it, it may not necessarily be the truth. So like if a friend doesn't call us, we can automatically start to create a story such as the friend is upset with us or we're not important. So the friend found somebody else to hang out with instead of us and just the danger of creating stories. And I know that's helped me immensely in all different kinds of relationships, having that perspective. I would also tell myself to be careful of my expectations and rules of others and even myself. Um, expectations of you know, we all grow up a little different. So we create these rules such as my rule might be, if we're going to meet up, be on time. Your rule might not be, that may not matter to you because you might be thinking you have a different rule. And, and your rule may be that time doesn't really matter. As long as we get there and we have time together, that's what matters. And so the expectations, I think sometimes we set ourselves up with expectations of others because we expect them to have the same rules that we have. And being more aware of that and on target with that, I think is so critical. The last one I would say is, is probably like, what am I choosing to focus on? And I mean that with my time and I mean that with positivity versus negativity as well. So am I, am I choosing, cause it is a choice, you know, am I choosing to focus on the things that I can control and the things that are positive in life? And when things, negative things happen, and I talk about this a lot in my talks, um, but when negative things happen, am I choosing to find the positives? And if it was a, such a negative thing that there isn't a positive, there's still a lesson, a takeaway or benefit from it. So that's probably three pieces of advice that I'd give myself. <laughs> That's a really great advice. Yes. It might um, kind of layer over, but just curious if there's a difference here that if you had a chance to make a difference in the life of all young women, what change would you enact for them? Oh, just be, be you, be yourself. We have shirts that um, say, this is me. And that's exactly it. And then on the back, it says, feel my shine. And it's about growing in that confidence and belief in who you are. And that's why the E in shine is exceptional because you're becoming the exceptional person that you were meant to be, not anybody else who you were meant to be. So we often talk about be organic, be you, and stop trying to be what others want you to be or trying to be what you think you're supposed to be. Again, you get one life, be you and enjoy it. It's really easy to get caught up in that expectation or the perceived expectations. Um, so thank you for heralding that message around. A couple of awe-inspiring recommendations from you. 
Uh, you already mentioned her once, but a person that we might connect with on social media that you think would be important for the listeners to check out. Brene Brown, for sure. <laughs> she's, I think she's just really opened the door to vulnerability. And I love how you talk about um, being aware of the stories we create for those listeners that haven't, you know, read your work or engaged with Brené Brown. She speaks to the fact that, you know, we have perceptions and the stories that we've created aren't always necessarily the ones that exist in reality. So facing that and being willing to challenge yourself is really huge. Exactly. Yes, yes. Okay, so a book that you would recommend. So I'm always reading several books at a time. So this one's hard for you. Yes, it's hard to choose. But I am finally finishing up. I only have a few more pages to go, but um, the new Michelle Obama book called Becoming, it is, oh my goodness, just her strength and her rawness and just her her perception of, of life and knowing that she never intended to be first lady and thought she'd ever be in a political world. But you know, when, when it comes to ignite your shine and we talk about, you know, stop beating kids up over their weaknesses and stop shoving them into a box of reading, writing, math, and science, we want them to become who they want to become. But in the book, she asked the question, or somebody has asked her many times from when she was little, and we all get this question, what do you want to do or what do you want to be when you grow up? And she makes the point that I've often thought about so much is that the fact that being grown up is not finite. And so that's one point. And the second point that she makes is that, you know, they would ask her and she would say, oh, I'm going to be a lawyer or I'm going to be a pediatrician. And she really didn't even know what all that entailed and if she even wanted to do it, but she knew the reaction she got from adults when she said it. Oh, you're so smart. Oh, you want to be a pediatrician. And I wonder how many times have we shaped lives (laughs) because that's the reaction we've given versus if somebody says, I want to be a professional runner. Why is that any different? If that's what this person wants to do and it's their strength and their passion, and they have found a way to make a living and be successful for whatever that definition is for them, why can't that be that way? Well worth your while on that one too. So thanks for that inspiring recommendation. Well, Lavana, would you share with the listeners, I will link these in the show notes, but would you want to share the best way to engage with you after this interview for our listeners? Yeah, yeah, no, social media is a great one. It's an easy one. You know, you mentioned Twitter using the hashtag ignite your shine. Um, and then I'm at Lavana Roth. I make it simple. Everything is pretty much at Lavana Roth. So even on Instagram, it's Lavana Roth. And, uh, if you're on Voxer, it's that. And so, um, my, I'll give you my website though, is igniteyourshine.com. So igniteyourshine.com. And then I'm on Facebook, but Facebook is one of those that I changed the profile way it is. And now that instead of Lavana Roth, I'm Lavana.roth.92. So I don't know the 92 is. I know. We're going to say that's my graduation year from high school. Wink, wink. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good to me. (laughs) And as I told my students, the only thing I'll ever lie to you about is my age. (laughs) And I'm 22. (laughs) I will say my age. Oh, you know, and if you want to visit the website, did I say the website? Yeah, I did say the website. But email address, too, is a great way to get a hold of me. And that's Lavana, L-A capital V-O-N-N-A, at igniteyourshine.com. Awesome. And for the listeners that are hearing this on their drive, I will certainly link everything in the show notes so you can drive safely and then connect with Lavana after this. Well, Lavana, I just want to thank you so much for being an enthusiastic guest on our Passions um, series on the In Awe podcast and for taking the time out of your day to inspire our listeners so that they could hear more about your message oh, today. Sarah, like I said, you, you providing this platform and the power that you're giving so many others and just the privilege of being on here. Thank you so much. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. So thank you. Thank you, Lavana. You take care. 
Thank you for listening to today's episode of the In Awe Podcast. I continue to be amazed at the way this community is growing and am incredibly grateful to everyone who listens, subscribes, rates, reviews, and shares episodes. The messages are landing, and it really comes down to you as listeners to make that happen. Thank you for joining the In Awe community and for lifting others through both hearing and sharing their messages.